Hello, everybody. I'm so thankful you've joined us for this uh, worship service. I'm going to be teaching on a prayer today. One of the things that was uh, interesting to me is in recent years how much controversy there was about prayer. Some of you will remember when there were different uh, uh, disasters or mass shootings at a school or other locations, and public figures in particular would would maybe put out a tweet or they would say something about, I'm praying for the families and praying for everybody involved and praying for the victims. And then you started hearing a lot of critics condemning them for that and saying, your prayers don't work. They don't matter. We don't want your prayers. We don't need your prayers. In the political sphere, they started talking about, we want money. We want certain pieces of legislation passed instead. And all of a sudden, praying for people during times of tragedy became a negative thing in the eyes of some people in our culture. I remember uh, 30-some years ago when my dad at the age of 54 was dying with cancer. Monisa and I were living in South Carolina, and he was in Kentucky. And we made a quick trip to see him one weekend. And as we were leaving, I remember my dad, who for most of his life had not been a very spiritual man, asking me to pray for him. And so my wife and I stood there with him and my mother with our arms around each other. And through the tears, I prayed for my dad. Then I got in the car to head back home to South Carolina and it just, it just hit me. I felt overwhelmed, and I just broke down crying. I remember when I was a young man in my first pastorate home with my family on Thanksgiving Day, and I got a telephone call from a young lady in our church. She and her sister, they were, they were, in her, they were young in their early 20s and teenagers and very active in the church, and they told me their dad had had a heart attack, and they were at the hospital. So I left the house and made my way to the hospital, and by the time I arrived, he had died. And I still remember this older sister saying to me through tears, I prayed for him, but it didn't do any good. And for the next few years, that had an impact on her walk with Jesus Christ. And now, what do we see? In the midst of the coronavirus, COVID-19, what do we see? We see medical personnel on the roof of Vanderbilt University praying. We've seen videos of, of medical personnel on the various floors of different hospitals praying. And, and I, I saw one video as, as co-workers stood and silently listened, some with their heads bowed, thinking and praying, as one nurse sang beautifully, amazing grace. We've seen videos and heard stories of people going to someone's house who was sick and practicing social distancing. They would kneel in the yard and on the sidewalks and on the, at the edge of the street, and they would pray for the person in the house, and they would sing Christian songs, songs of worship to the person in the house. We've all seen those kind of stories. And many of us in our lives have seen God move in great ways in response to prayer. We've seen miracles because of prayer. And the truth is, prayer does work. Now, God does not always answer our prayers the way we want. God does not always say yes to our request. Sometimes he says no, and we sometimes struggle with that, want to understand why. But the truth is, God often says yes. And I want us to look at a passage in 2 Corinthians chapter 1. So if you have your Bible, open it with me to that passage. If, if your Bible's nearby on the table there beside you, grab it. Open it to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. I want us to read just a few verses, starting at verse 8. And then just learn some lessons about praying for one another uh, at any moment in time, but also during these very difficult, challenging days of the coronavirus. So 2 Corinthians chapter 1, let's read together beginning at verse 8. Here's what the Word of God says. Now this is Paul, the apostle, the missionary, writing to the church at Corinth, the church that years before he had planted and started. 
And he says to them, he says, For we do not want you to be unaware, brethren, of our affliction, which came to us in Asia, talking about some of their suffering, some of their persecution because of, of Jesus. He said that we were burdened excessively beyond our strength. He said it was hard, so that we despaired even of life. We were afraid we were going to die. He says in verse 9, Indeed, we had the sentence of death within ourselves, so that we would not trust in ourselves, but in God who raised the dead. And then continuing in verse 10, God who delivered us from so great a peril of death and will, and will, notice this, will deliver us, he on whom we have set our hope, and he will yet deliver us. And then here's what I want to focus on, this first part of verse 11. And he says, you also taught many of the Corinthians. He said, you also joining in, joining with us, joining in, helping us through your prayers. Paul was saying to the Corinthians, when you pray for me, when you pray for me and my team, when you pray for us, you help us. Now, I want us to take a moment and just look at these verses and lift some lessons that can help us understand what the Bible teaches about prayer, especially praying during difficult, challenging times. And the first thing is this, Paul was ready for whatever answer God gave. Paul was ready for God to say, yes, I'm going to deliver you. Paul was also ready for God to say, no, I'm not going to deliver you this time. Because in this passage, in verse 9, Paul says, we had the sentence of death within ourselves, so that we would not trust in ourselves, but instead in God who raises the dead. And what he's saying is that we had already settled in ourselves, that our lives did not belong to us, they belonged to Jesus Christ. And if we lived, we would live for Jesus, and if we died, we would die for Jesus. We already, on the inside, had died. We had the sentence of death. We accepted that we might die. And if that was the plan of God, wouldn't be what we want, but we were going to be okay with it. We'd already sentenced ourselves to death so that we wouldn't be so worried about it that we would forget to trust in God and start trusting in ourselves or in other people and say it. instead. Paul said, I've already, I've already accepted that, that God can say yes and God can say no. He was ready for whatever answer God gave to God be the glory. You remember our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? When he was in the Garden of Gethsemane praying the night of his arrest and the day before his crucifixion, the Bible says Jesus was on his knees praying and, and he was in anguish. He was in anguish because he knew what was going to happen to him, the suffering he would endure. And his sweat became like drops of blood falling to the ground. And in his prayer that evening, he asked the Father to allow this cup to pass from him. Father, I don't want to suffer. I don't want to die. But then he said, if that's your will, your will be done not mine. Jesus accepted whatever answer the Father had, and we know the Father's eternal plan was for the Son to pay the penalty for our sins on the cross and to suffer. And so in a similar way, Paul is saying, God, whatever your answer, whether it's yes or no, I have already died on the inside. You remember Jesus said, if you're going to be my disciple, if you're going to follow me, you have to take up your cross daily a place of death, a place of self-crucifixion. And so I want to say that, that ultimately one of the keys to having a powerful prayer life is a surrender to Jesus Christ that says, I don't know everything. I don't understand everything. Here's what I want. Here's what I wish. Here's what I ask for. Here's what I believe. But Lord Jesus, I'm going to love you whether your answer is yes or no. I'm going to serve you whether your answer is yes or your answer is no. Paul was ready for any answer. Here's the second lesson. Paul placed his ultimate trust in God, not in his circumstances. 
He continues in verse 9 by saying, after we, have, we already have the sentence of death within ourselves, he said, so that we would not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead. He's saying, ultimately, ultimately my trust is, is, is not in changing circumstances or good circumstances. Ultimately, my trust is in God who will raise the dead, whether he delivers me now or at the second coming of Jesus as we celebrated on Easter Sunday, raises me from the dead on that day. He's my God. He's the one I trust in above all others. And so sometimes, sometimes we put too much trust in circumstances and not in God. And sometimes we, we, we don't put our trust in God who is, who is up here and can see down and see the past, present, and the future and has a plan, even if we don't understand it. Paul said, my trust is in God. And a great prayer life means we have to ultimately put our trust in God, not our circumstances. Here's the third lesson. Paul, in his past, had already experienced the help of God. He'd already seen God say yes. He'd already seen God bless him in the past. And I think that's one of the reasons he had confidence in God. But it's also one of the reasons he could accept if God said no today. Because in the past, he'd already seen God do some beautiful, wonderful things in his life. In verse 10, talking about God, he says, God who delivered us from a great, from so great a peril of death. Paul, remember, he, he, they, they were suffering for Jesus and they were afraid that they might die. But he said, in the past, I've been in similar circumstances and God has delivered me. And he says, I have confidence that he will deliver us this time as well. Faith, faith grows when you act on the faith you already have. Faith grows when you remember and reflect on and meditate on the blessings of God, the deeds of God, the works of God, the, the answer to prayer of the past. If your faith is contingent simply on this moment, then it's going to be up and down. And quite often it's going to be weak. Look back over your life. How many ways has God blessed you? How many times has God said yes to you? How many times has God helped you? How many prayers has God answered in the past? Count your blessings, name them one by one. The old hymn says there's a reason for that. Remembering the deeds of God yesterday strengthens us for today. Here's the fourth lesson Paul teaches us in this passage about prayer. It's that whether God said yes or no, Paul had faith and he was optimistic. Because in verse 10 he said God not only has delivered us in the past, I believe he's going to this time. Now, remember, he'd already said, I've, I've got the sentence of death. I'm willing to accept God's answer, whether it's yes or no. But I'm also going to be optimistic. I'm going to have faith. I'm going to be positive. And, and while we know that God's will ultimately rules in this world and in our lives, and, and we understand that God can say yes or God can say no in this moment when we pray to God, we pray with optimism. We pray with biblical hope. We pray with faith. That's how Paul did it. He wasn't trying to manipulate God, saying that God had to do what he asked. He was going to accept God's answer. But in the midst of that, he had optimism and he had faith. And then here's the fifth and final lesson that Paul gives us in this passage. And it's this, that Paul, listen to this, Paul knows, he knew, he knew that the prayers of the Corinthian believers would help him and his team. And so he says in verse 11, you also joining in helping us through your prayers. Paul was not afraid to ask others to pray for him. And Paul in his letters over and over tells us how he prayed for other people and other churches. Because Paul understood that his prayers for the Corinthians and believers in other places, his prayers on their behalf helped them. He also understood that their prayers 
for him helped him. And you and I need to understand that praying for others helps them and allowing others to pray for us helps us. And so I need to be willing to share with others the needs of my life, the fears of my life, the dreams of my life, the hurts in my life, and ask them, invite them into my life to pray for me, because when they pray for me, it helps me. And I need to know what the needs of other people are. I need to ask other people, how can I pray for them? Because when I pray for them, when others pray for them, it helps them. And so when people pray for you, it helps you. And when you pray for other people, it helps you. Earlier, helps them rather. Earlier today, uh, I, uh, I called some members of our church and just wanted to check up on them and ask what's going on and how I can be praying for them and had to leave some voicemails. And, and I've been getting text messages since of people thanking me for that and saying, here's how I can pray. Here, here's how they want me to pray for them. And I'm going to do that because I know that when I pray for them, it helps them. And when they pray for me, it helps me. And I want to encourage you to think about people in your life. Maybe during this worship service and this sermon, God has put names on your heart and brought names to your mind. There's a reason for that. God never puts anybody on your heart. God never brings anybody into your thoughts without there being a reason. And he says, pray for them because your prayers will help them and their prayers for you will help you. I remember in my early days as pastor at a First Baptist Church in Rock Hill going to the hospital one Saturday to visit a a woman in her 80s named Martha Falkenberry. Some of our older members will remember her and her husband. And I still remember being in that little hospital room and all of a sudden with a smile on her face, she took her hand and she pointed over to the window and there on the sill were all these cards, all these prayer notes, all these prayer cards, prayer grams that people from our church had mailed to her. And she cried. It touched her so deeply. And I want you to know that when you pray for people, it touches them, it moves them, it blesses them, but it does so much more than that. It actually makes a difference. Our prayers change things, change people's lives, they change circumstances. Now again, God sometimes says no, but here's the thing. We often notice the no's very quickly. What we fail to pay attention to are all the yeses. So slow down and look at your life. Look at all the good things. Look at all the blessings. Look at all the great things God has done. God has said yes to our prayers so many times. Prayers make a difference. Prayers can bring about healing. Prayers can bring about salvation and change lives. Prayers can bring about peace. Prayers can bring about new jobs. Prayers can bring about the resources people need to get by. Sometimes God says no, but so many times he also says yes. And the truth is some prayers are more important than other prayers. You remember that country song that was popular some years ago? Some of God's greatest answers are unanswered prayers, greatest gifts, unanswered prayers. God knows what we need and he knows what's more important. I mentioned my dad a few moments ago asking me to pray for him as he was dying with cancer and and, uh, God answered that prayer with a no. My dad died. Died Thanksgiving weekend in 1987. But I also want you to know that for many years, my dad was not a follower of Jesus Christ. And uh, my sister and I talked from time to time, and we both were praying for his salvation. And, 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 And we prayed asking God to do whatever it would take to save our dad. We knew dad had, a, had some pride, too much pride, and God would have to humble him. And so we prayed, God, do whatever you have to, do whatever you have to, 
to bring our dad to faith in Jesus Christ. And we prayed that prayer for years. And in the spring of the year he died, dad was in the hospital with a gallbladder issue. And while he was there, he accepted Jesus Christ and became a follower of Jesus. What they did not notice then was that he already had cancer. And so that was in the spring and in early August. I baptized him in July, and in early August we discovered his cancer was identified. And then by Thanksgiving, he was dead. And so here's my dad, and I'm praying for him, and my sister's praying for him. And when it comes to his health, when it comes to his life, God said no. But when it came to his salvation, it took many years, and it took some challenging circumstances to humble him. But eventually, ultimately, God said yes to that prayer. The dad had free will. He had a decision to make. But God moved in his life to bring him to a place where he was willing, where he could say yes to Christ. I don't always know how God's going to answer prayers. But I always know that God is going to do what is better for me. That God sees the bigger picture, sees things I don't. And that prayer works. That prayer helps. And I want to encourage you to make a list of people you care about. To, to write down the names that God's brought to your mind and put on your heart today. There's a reason for that. And I want you to pray for them. I want you to, to pick up your phone and call somebody and ask them, how are you doing? Call an older person in your neighborhood or a senior adult in our church or, or somebody you haven't talked to in a while. <clears throat> Talk, call, call somebody in your Sunday school class that perhaps has not been joining your Zoom classes on Sunday mornings. Call somebody that God's put on your heart and just say, hey, I just wanted to see how you're doing. I know these are hard days. How are you doing? And how can I pray for you? And then pray with them. Prayer encourages people. Prayer changes things. Prayer works. It makes a difference. So make your prayer list right now. Call someone today. Pray with them. You be an instrument of blessing in their life. And then share with others how they can pray for you because prayer can also help you. Father in heaven, we come to you in Jesus' name so thankful that from heaven you hear our prayers and you change things on earth. Create in our hearts a desire to pray for people more than we do. Teach us how to pray and use us to be a blessing in the lives of others through prayer and through words of encouragement. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you and thank you for watching.